0: NFL running backs are not happy a top 12 wide receiver has found a new home and NBA teams are not trading their stars as easily as they would like to be this is the rival fantasy podcast let's talk about it you are now listening to to the rival Rival fantasy sports Sports podcast Podcast. Let's let's go What up, everybody? Welcome to the Rival Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Maligno. I appreciate you for joining me as always. Please, before we get started, do not forget to comment, like, and subscribe. Help us in this YouTube algorithm. It is a tough one. We have fun with it. We enjoy it. Don't forget, guys. We answer all comments. So join us in the discussion. Whether you have questions, feedback, thoughts. Anything, your opinion on the discussion that we're having right now, drop it in the comments. We want to talk with you. We want to connect with you. And if you want to connect with us off of YouTube or say you're listening on a podcast app, then go ahead and follow us on any of the social platforms, Twitter, Instagram, threads, TikTok, all of them. We're at at Rival Fantasy, R-I-V-A-L Fantasy. F-A-N-T-A-S-Y. You will find us there. If you let us know that you're following us and that you watch the show or you listen to the podcast, I will make sure that we follow you back. Sometimes you guys get lost in the sauce. There's a lot happening. So if you send us that message or that DM, I'll make sure to follow back and show love back. That's what we're all about here. That's what we're all about at Rival Fantasy. I have our three topics for the day. I'm excited about them. We got a little bit of football, a little bit of basketball. Those are the three that made the cut this week. Obviously, if I miss something, if you think I missed something, you think something should have, been, should have been on this episode, drop it again in the comments. Let's go ahead and jump into our top headline of the week. As I talked about at the top of the show, NFL running backs are not happy. And it's not just a couple. It's not just a few. It's a whole lot of them. And it's some of the best in the league, for sure, no question. It's not like, oh, you know, some of the guys are unhappy, but they're not like the highest ranking running backs. They're not the most... You know, famous or productive running backs. No, no, no. These are top of the line, top 10 running backs, and they are not happy. And let's talk about why. Let's go ahead and just bring this on the screen to be the easiest way to discuss this. Adam Schefter tweet here, Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs still have not signed their $10 million franchise tag tender yet, so they can skip all of training camp without getting fined. Since they're not under contract, they would lose game checks only if They miss regular season games. So this here is basically breaking down the fact that Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs did not sign their franchise tender. So they are now basically without a team, right? They're not playing football games. They are not part of the team. Uh, Tony Pollard was also on that list of guys who were looking for a new contract up to the deadline moment, but he actually signed his franchise tender previously. So he'll actually play for the Cowboys this year. Right now, We're in this area where we don't know, will Saquon Barkley sign it? Will Josh Jacobs sign it? It's been a situation where when NFL running backs have done this in the past, it hasn't played out too well for them. If you remember some cases like Le'Veon Bell, for instance, he did the same thing. He had this issue where he didn't feel like the Steelers were paying him the money he deserved and he did what he did and it didn't play out so well. It didn't end great. And there's a lot of reasons for that. One, the running back, you know, career is just not a very long arc in terms of, you know, their high end production. So you get these guys who produce really, really great in the beginning of their career. And of course it just tails off, but with other positions, it doesn't tail off so fast. With running back, it tends to tail off a lot faster. So you have the wear and tear of the body and the the ability to skill, just naturally declines quicker than other positions. You also have a situation where NFL teams are looking at running backs and they're saying, Hey, we don't need you know, a top 10 running back to win a Super Bowl. That's the ultimate goal. Do top 10 running backs help our team? Of course. Is it nice to have a top 10 running back? Of course. But in terms of winning the Super Bowl, history just hasn't dictated that for the last, you know, decade or whatever it may be. And we'll we'll look at that in a second, just to kind of, you know, put it all into perspective to understand what we're talking about when we say, you know, because because a lot of people think, you yeah, what are you talking about? Like, obviously, Josh Jacobs helps, you know, helps the Raiders. Obviously, Saquon Barkley helps the Giants we'll get to a um, a graphic in a moment that that'll kind of show you what I'm talking about in terms of why teams are not budging on their position in terms of giving these guys more money and let me, let me let me just say up front for me I of course want these guys to get all the money they can get I of course believe they deserve more money I, I, I of course think they're significant and they do help teams like I'm as a Raider fan I would no doubt. Say that Josh Jacobs was a huge part, put the offense on his back, carry them all the way this last past season. But again, they didn't win a Super Bowl, right? They didn't, they didn't make the playoffs. Like it didn't happen. And you had one of the top running backs in football. So this is kind of the argument, right? Like it just doesn't matter to a certain extent. And, and you'll see teams who will, you know, move on from a running back you know a top 10 running back for instance you know in in this situation and then they'll add you know they'll have a bunch of different running backs kind of do the job or they'll find a you know a rookie or a younger guy to do the job and they may not produce like the one player like the josh jacobs on their own but as a group they get the job done still so it so what it doesn't look as nice it doesn't look as flashy. flashy it doesn't sound like a highlight real running back necessarily all the time but they still get the job done they fit the system they get the yards needed they get the touchdowns and they'll get you there it doesn't matter so let's go ahead and just jump over i, I thought this was hilarious so i do want to share this uh this tweet um matt miller nfl draft scout on twitter he he posted this tweet after the, the news, you know, the deadline passed for guys like Josh Jacobs and Barkley to sign their deals. He said, been saying it for years. One, draft a running back. Two, play the running back. If he's good, three, franchise tag that running back one time. And then all over again, one, draft a running back. This tweet, the reason why I'm sharing this tweet is because this is a sentiment that a lot of people have. This is, the, you know, the, the idea that a lot of teams have, right? Like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to draft a good running back or just draft a running back at any, you, you could draft When I say good run back, I don't mean like first round. I mean like you could draft them literally in the seventh round. They can go undrafted, whatever the case is. You're going to play that running back. He's going to produce. If he's really good. Awesome. We're going to go ahead and franchise tag you one time, just so we keep you so we can get the next, you know, running back in the fold at some point, whether we're drafting somebody, whether we, you know, we're picking up a young player to, you know, kind of replace you next season. And then we're just going to draft one again next year. So this is kind of the pattern that teams follow and it works. Right. This is this is the pattern that, you know, teams have done for years now and has been nothing but success for them. So when you have a situation like this. This is why teams are not paying the Josh. And and, and, and to be fair, Josh Jacobs did say that he wasn't trying to reset the market that, he, you know, the, the money he was asking for wasn't something like that. It was more of the guarantee, you know, in the years. So that's what these guys are worried about is how much are you guaranteeing me for how many years they care about that more you know, in a sense, because they're protecting themselves. Then the, you know, the amount of money, because you can have a contract that's 20, 30, 40, 50 million. But if you don't guarantee it, the team could just cut you at any point, obviously, and you're not going to get all that money. So that's what their, their, you know, their highest concern is. But the reason I was sharing that tweet was because I wanted to show you this. Um, after that tweet came out, players started doing stuff like this. Najee Harris, I agree with my running back brothers around the NFL. History will show that uh, you need running backs to win. We set the tone every game and run through walls for our team and lead in many ways. This notion that we deserve less is a joke. Again, no one's saying running backs don't matter. No one's saying that running backs are irrelevant and that they don't help teams win games. They're just saying that when it gets to the Super Bowl, uh, the, the past teams have proven that they don't need to pay a top 10 running back high dollars to win that game. It doesn't matter, right? But it wasn't just Najee Harris. It was also Christian McCaffrey. This is criminal three of the best players in the entire league, regardless of position. Again, you're correct. Just doesn't matter when Super Bowls, Austin Eckler, a guy who's been having this contract situation himself. This is kind of a trash that has artificially devalued one of the most important positions in the game. Everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back. And yet they act like we We are discardable widgets. I support any running back doing whatever it takes to get his bag. We all do. We all support any player that's, you know, doing what they got to do to get their bag. Even Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. No one, no one's upset at them. No one's mad at them. No one thinks that they don't deserve money or deserve to be paid well. It's just the fact is the market is the market. On to this last tweet here is Jonathan Taylor. One, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Two, if you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, three, you boost the organization, and then doesn't matter. You're a running back obviously he's you know expressing some sarcasm here but again this is the way they're looking at you know how the nfl is looking at them right now and so again it's important to mention that no one is saying running backs don't matter at all obviously it's a a position that that matters it's important what they're saying is that the money that they're asking for and the guarantees that they're asking for don't necessarily have to be met by the by the teams because the market is the market and the market says that they don't need you they don't need top 10 running back guy to win a super bowl. And, th- and that's just what history shows. That's just what sh- history shows. Until that changes, it'll for if that changes, it'll force the market to change. But unfortunately, it has to force it because the NFL teams are not going to, you know, out of the kindness of their heart just pay a position more money. And in theory, hurt their team, right? In theory, you're hurting your team by paying all that money or using the early draft picks because you're, you're, you're doing that on a position that doesn't necessarily carry your team to a Super Bowl. Again, this is just the stats, the data, the history. I'm not knocking running backs. I love running backs. I would love the Raiders to re-sign Josh Jacobs. Obviously, I hope he signs his franchise tag and plays this season and they figure something out. But if not, again, history says it doesn't matter. It is what it is. And the Raiders will figure out what to do next in terms of, you know, running back. But let me get to that graphic I was mentioning a second ago with you guys. Here it is. This is from uh, Marcus Mosher, at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. Take a look at the leading rusher from the last 13 Super Bowls and their base salary. Obviously, this doesn't have 2022 on here, which the Chiefs would also fit into the same graphic. and makes total sense within it. But we got all these teams here from 2021 on down. Rams, the running back, Cam Akers, his salary. Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette, the running back, his salary. And if you see, we just go down and down here. Chiefs, Damian Williams, Patriots, Sonny Michel, uh, Eagles, Blunt with Patriots. Blunt also, Broncos, C.J. Anderson, Seahawks, the leading in rusher was Percy Harvin. Obviously, he's a wide receiver. What's funny is the roster that he has on here is the highest roster. I mean, the highest salary uh, uh, for all these players. Uh, Ravens, Ray Rice, $2 million. Giants, Bradshaw, one point five. James Starks, 320,000, the lowest on this list. Saints, Pierre Thomas. So this is just an idea, right? Again, these are the Super Bowl winners, leading rusher, plus their salary. And this is since 2009. Again, 2022, it's not on this graphic, but the same thing happened all over again, right? And if you think about it, even with the Chiefs, they even drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be their running back. They drafted him you know, somewhat early, relatively early. And then he doesn't even play in the Super Bowl. It's uh, Isaiah Pacheco who who, go, who who you know who helps him win it. So this is what we're trying to say in this modern era. And, and of course, you, your counter to this, your counter to this, could be: Well, every team doesn't have Patrick Mahomes. Every team doesn't have Jalen Hurts. Every team doesn't have Tom Brady when he was with the Bucks and won the Super Bowl. Everybody, every 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 team doesn't have those quarterbacks. And like, no, you're right. But once you get yourself one of those quarterbacks. And once you get yourself a good offensive line and a, and a, and, a, and a good defense, you just don't need the running back. And again, I'm not saying they're they're worthless. I'm not saying that you know they have zero value. I'm saying that the price that they're asking for just doesn't add up to what the history shows. The market is the market. The running backs have to reset that market. They have to push that market and prove why they deserve it. Now, will these guys, you know? be able to take this any further or form some sort of you know special union or strike a running back strike i have no clue i think it'll be cool if they do i don't mind it i got no problem with anybody you know pushing for more money or trying to prove why they deserve more money i'm never gonna knock another man's hustle never gonna knock another man feeds his family at the same time i don't think that you know josh jacobs playing for ten million dollars a year is a bad thing i do wish they could have some kind of guarantee also i would love for them to be able to earn more money out the gate. So like, for instance, a guy like Josh Jacobs and some people may not like this, right. But say a guy like Josh Jacobs, a running back, well, th- this is the problem position, right? This is the one position that's really having this issue. So we really only have to adjust it for running backs when they come out, maybe give them some kind of way to earn incentives or bonuses. Like you do on a you know, on a new contract just for running backs. So if you do earn, you know, top 15 production, top 10 production, top five production. There's some sort of incentive for a player to make more money. So this way early in their career, those first three, four five years, they don't feel like they got robbed in some sense. They don't feel like, you know, they weren't making enough money. But again, that is also just the way sports work, right? Like when you get drafted, you make, you know, a lot of money. If you're drafted early, you don't make as much money if you're drafted in later rounds. And then, you know, it kind of is the value to the team, right? To get you at, at, at a lesser cost. And this way they can build other positions up while they do that. It's kind of like the whole, you know, quarterback situation. When you draft a rookie quarterback, obviously they get more money out the gate. But, you know, while they're on that rookie salary, a lot of teams have to capitalize on players being on rookie salaries. And so this is kind of one of those situations. So it's kind of a benefit. But I think the NFL could budge a little bit. Right. They could find a happy place in the middle because no one wants to see Josh Jacobs not play. No one wants to see the running backs unhappy and, you know, not. Happy with what they're doing or what they're, you know, being paid to do it for. So, definitely, if there was some kind of middle ground, I would think it's definitely a better situation. And I would like to see it play out that way personally. You know, obviously, the current setup isn't the answer. And that's, and that's where we're at with this. Um, hopefully, again, Josh Jacobs plays, Saquon Barkley plays, they sign their franchise tags. And then next season, you know, we have a better understanding, a better grip, a better expectation for this. Maybe the running backs do make something happen where, you know, they're able to resolve this situation a little better communication is going to be key. And of course, you know, making the market correct itself. And the only way you can do that is to force their hands by showing why you have this value. Who knows next year or this upcoming season, a top flight running back wins the Super Bowl and then things, you know, opens up the floodgates. We'll see. Maybe that happens. Maybe that's a feel good end into this. We will see. That's it for the running backs. I want to know your thoughts. Should the NFL just pay them more money because they feel like they deserve it. Or should the running backs understand, Hey, this is the market. It is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. We're making decent money. Just go out there, have fun, keep making that money, and you know keep working in the background to try to figure out a, you know, a better way to fix this? Or do you think, hey, they just need an all-out strike. none of them play. It's the only way to make this better. Force the NFL's hands, force the team hands. You know, I, I want to know your thoughts. This is a, you know it's an it's a in-depth issue. It gets deep and there can be multiple ways to approach it. So I'm curious your thoughts, drop them in the comments. We may share them on the next episode or on social or whatever the case may be, but we'll definitely reply and continue that discussion there in the comments. So let's go ahead and move on to headline number 2. DeAndre Hopkins has found a new team, a new place to call home. It was a big thing. Like he he was the last big player out there, I would say, the last wide receiver that we needed to see land cuz he does sway, you know, the momentum and, you know, things Basically, it changes the landscape a little bit for some team, some division. And in this case, he signed with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, let's go ahead and pull up uh, the tweet about what he signed for. Ian Rappaport on DeAndre Hopkins: two twenty-six million dollar deal with the Titans. There are three million dollars available in incentives. I may have seen even more than that from someone else, but if he reaches ninety-five catches, over a thousand yards, and ten touchdowns, he gets all of it. Here's the full breakdown. Just an interesting way to look at, you know, how the how the team kind of broke up incentives here for him how i hope he gets all of it obviously i hope he hits all these marks i believe he's totally capable of hitting all these marks actually i don't think they're that you know far-fetched for him to be honest with you so this is you know an interesting situation i've seen the debate left and right back and forth you know was this a good spot for deandre hopkins to pick is it good for the titans is it good for both parties involved and hopkins as well you know who who benefits from this as fantasy do we care is it relevant is it you know, a, a bad landing place for him. I'll say this DeAndre Hopkins landing with the Titans, I don't think is a negative thing. I don't think it's negative because I believe he's going to get all the targets he needs. We know that he is a target hog on any team he's on, any quarterback that he has, any offensive coach. DeAndre Hopkins gets all the work. It is what it is. The Titans are actually a clear path to all that work because they have Burks, the young wide receiver, who a lot of people you know, kind of hoping for but in terms of this he's obviously going to push burks back no doubt no question and in this case there's no reason why this team would not just feed the hell out of the passes to deandre hopkins he is in theory the derrick henry of the passing game at this point so i believe if you're asking for fantasy purposes deandre hopkins all day long if you're saying is he top 20 yes is he top 15 yes i could see him pushing top 12 top 10 He's definitely able to belong in that conversation. He's talented enough. I don't care about his age. I don't care about any prior injuries. I don't care about any of that. This is a good situation. He's healthy, as we all assume. The age has not caught up with him in terms of his skills and ability. I know it doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sound super desirable. But I do think that this will play out well for him. I do want to show this uh, from Player Profiler. They put reason DeAndre Hopkins isn't washed. And it just kind of breaks down some of his stuff here: his average cushions, air yard share, win rate versus man. Obviously, you can see he's top five in all these categories that they're sharing here. Elite separator, elite target commander, elite receiver. Titans hashtag Titans because they should be most excited about him, but we all are excited about him. Again, like there's no reason for this not to be a you know reason for anyone to be unhappy, whether it's from a fantasy perspective, whether it's from a Titan fans perspective, a DeAndre Hopkins fans perspective. This really played out well for, you know, for everyone involved. Obviously, unless you're one of the fans that wanted him to go to a team that you wanted him to go to, that, of course, didn't play out. And for instance, speaking along that, Patriots were willing to match the Titans' max total of $15 million offer for DeAndre Hopkins per Albert Breer. The issue came down to structure as the Pats offer came with a far higher percentage of that tied to incentives. So the Patriots were willing to match the amount But the way they were going to get to that amount was through incentives. DeAndre Hopkins obviously took the more clear path to the money. (laughs) Money always speaks. Money always wins. In this case, honestly, I don't think, you know, team-wise, I don't think it's going to be that much of a difference. I mean, going to Tannehill, the veteran quarterback, a team with Derrick Henry, a team that's going to no doubt feed him all the targets. It's probably just a better overall you know, especially I'm always speaking from a fan, fantasy football perspective here or a DFS perspective. It definitely, I think, I'd rather be with the, the Titans and the Patriots to be all honest here, because the Patriots you're going to get, you know, the situation where you never are sure. Are they going to feed them every single game? And when you think that they will, like, how could they not? They try to outsmart you and they start throwing the ball at Devontae Parker or they're you know running the ball the entire game. They do all that weird stuff that I, just, I personally don't want to see. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not surprised if DeAndre Hopkins also didn't just chase the money, but just the, the 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 opportunity probably felt better to me. I mean, I just have to assume that. And, you know, we are used to players choosing the path to win. I don't necessarily think the Patriots are a better opportunity to win either. I know people like to make the Titans jokes right now, but uh, I think this is good for everybody involved. And the Titans are obviously making this last push, you know, to win right with derrick henry still under contract ryan Tannehill's getting older they're going to obviously move on to a rookie running back or um or malik at some point here so you know this is kind of their last push i feel like in terms of making a you know run at the super bowl so i respect it i'm not mad at it i thought this uh tweet was also you know worth sharing deandre hopkins has played with matt schaub case keenum ryan fitzpatrick ryan mallett Brian Hoyer, TJ Yates, Brandon Whedon, Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage, and AJ McCarron. I think he'll be okay with Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball. I think that says it all right there. When you have your concern about Ryan Tannehill, I think that says it all. Ryan Tannehill isn't elite. He isn't even who he used to be, probably at this point. But we've seen him, you know, produce at a high level with wide receivers. In the past, not just with the Titans, with the Dolphins. So it's not like this is uncommon to him. And this is going to be one of the most skilled wide receivers he's worked with. I'm a super, I'm a super big fan of DeAndre Hopkins. If you can't tell, like I could just, I, I, I love the guy's game. I love his skill. I love his personality. I love his attitude. I love his approach to the game. So in this case, you know, I can't knock a DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Titans. No matter how bad we want to try to pull that, I can't do it. So if you have a reason why you hate this move, other than you wishing your team would have signed him, let us know in the comments. But from a fantasy perspective, again, if you're asking, hey Neil, how, how good do you think he is? I think top 12, no question is an opportunity, is it is, is a mark for him. It's where I would like to see him. It's where I believe I can see him. So I think he's that good. I think the team will know how to use him, feed him the targets. They're not gonna do anything stupid, they're not gonna outsmart themselves. This is you know very cut and dry for me. I think he still has the ability. We know what he does when he gets to targets. He's elite. There's just no question about it. So top 12 upside is where I'm at with this, 100%. So if you're asking from a fantasy perspective, that's where I'm at. The cool thing is you'll get him at a value. A lot of people don't believe that. A lot of people aren't excited about the move to the Titans. A lot of people aren't excited about you know Ryan Tannehill being his quarterback. A lot of people aren't excited because they say, well, this is just an offense that runs the ball more than the average team. So you're going to get him at an okay value. That's the beauty of all this. So this is like a win, 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 win. <laughs> That's what this is right here. Like I, I, I'm going to draft right now. It's got Fishbowl draft. And I actually drafted DeAndre Hopkins. And I, I can check and see what round exactly that I got him in. But what I will say is that my, my thinking was I drafted him before he signed with the Titans, before he actually you know made that decision. So I just felt that, hey, wherever he goes, I'm comfortable with it. I'm comfortable with it. I'm fine with that. I actually got him in the seventh round. Come on, that's 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 great value in my opinion. And people might have got him later in the Scott fishbowl. I don't know. That's the that's the that's the the boundary where I didn't want to go any further. I didn't want to push it any further. I felt comfortable with it there. And again, I was comfortable with wherever he signed. <laughs> so I just was gonna push it as far as I you know felt comfortable and felt that nobody else was gonna take him. But I'm good with this. To me, that's a steal. For me, that's win 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 win, and there ain't no looking back at it. I'm all for this signing. I wasn't really going to be against it, no matter where he went, to be honest, but I do like him in Tennessee more than I like him in new England for being honest about it. And uh, I'm curious again, if you don't like the move, why other than don't tell me you want him to sign with your team. We all did. We all want him to sign with our team. That's not the argument I want to hear. I want to hear a legitimate argument for why Deandre Hopkins will struggle in Tennessee. Why Deandre Hopkins won't work out in, with, with the Titans. Why the fantasy football, You're going to pass on DeAndre Hopkins. I want to hear that. Let me know. Drop it in the comments. Let's go ahead and just jump straight into topic number three. NBA players are not getting to force themselves out of teams these days, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. If you caught last week's episode, we talked about Damian Lillard and how the Blazers mentioned that they will not just trade Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard wants to be traded. They will not be forced into the move Obviously, they want to keep him if he's not willing to stay, which is the clear, you know, uh, you know, clear message that he sent. They he said he only wants to be traded to the heat. The team is looking at it like this. Hey, in the past, teams may have just said, forget it. We'll just get whatever we can get from the heat and move on. The Blazers are at least trying to be whether it's creative, whether they're trying to get other teams involved so they can, you know, pull more resources out of those teams, or whether they're being, you know, just kind of drawn a line in the sand with the heat, whatever they're doing. They're they're, they're taking their time. They're not rushing into it. There's nothing to gain from them, right? We talked about it last week. There's nothing to gain from rushing the process. And you're asking, Neil, what are we talking about today, though? Why are you bringing up Damian Limerick again today? The reason I'm bringing him up is because of this. Keith Pompey here posted. He obviously covers the Sixers because it's Pompey on Sixers. If we don't get either a very good player or something we can turn into a very good player, we are not going to do it. 76ers president of basketball operations, Daryl Morley, Maury tells ninety seven point five FM of trading James Harden. So here we are in a situation where a top flight player in James Harden is asking to be traded. The team again is in no rush to trade him. They they would prefer to keep him, just like the Blazers would prefer to keep Dame. If they can't keep him and he's forcing their hand, he may have a team in, uh that he's forcing their hand to as well. I'm not, I I've seen teams like the Clippers and stuff. I'm not sure if he's like only given that as an option though, or if it's just kind of his preferred choice, James Harden obviously has been traded more times than once. And uh, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, a locked in thing where he only wants one spot, but at the end of the day, the 76ers would prefer to keep him. If not keep him, they're not rushing out to trade him either. They're going to say, Hey, we want a really good player in return, or we want the picks, you know, that we can get to get a good player. We, you know, we have no rush. We have no urgency to make this trade. So whoever wants him, Needs to make it worth it for us. The problem that becomes from this is what do the 76ers think James Harden is worth? What do they think teams should be giving them for him? The likelihood is it's higher than teams are gonna want to pay. And so will we have this situation where James Harden stays with the Sixers, kind of you know, makes up with them, or do we think that you know, no matter how we how we slice this, he will get traded at some point? I ask that because we do have other stuff here in regards to this and one of them is this from NBA central the sixers want an all-star level vet you know all-star level return for James Harden so that makes you feel like it's not draft picks right they want a player to win right now so they want an all-star level return whether that's one player or whether that's a few players we have no clue exactly you know how specific they are with this philadelphia's position on a harden train ha- trade has been described as unreasonable by competing executives, of course, they think it's unreasonable because they want, you know, the player for as little as possible. But the, the Sixers could just be asking for a ridiculous return. And if they are asking for a ridiculous return, it puts James Harden in a tough spot. It puts the team in a tough spot and it puts its you know potential trade partners in a tough spot. Ultimately, I feel like the 76ers are really just pushing for James Harden to stay. They're trying to convince him and they figure the more time they take the better chance they have of him staying, especially if they keep asking for too much. No team is really willing to take the offer. And so they are like, hey, James, listen, you know, we're not getting the return fee that we need. And so we're going to just kind of let you sit here and then he's just going to want to play. That's kind of the situation I'm thinking it is. We also have, you know, his teammates, Joel Embiid, for instance, uh, Rachel Nich- Nichols says she spoke to him about, you know, James Harden's trade request and B said he's hopeful that Harden's mindset could be changed. This is, again, what I'm talking about. This is a pretty veteran team. So he's got Joel Embiid, MVP of the NBA last season. He's got Patrick Beverly. He's got guys here that can try to convince him, hey, man, you know, we're a veteran team. You're not starting over. You're not starting fresh. This is you know, veterans. This is one of the best players in the NBA. You know, We're gritty veterans. Let's, let's take another run at this. You know? And so that may be exactly what's taking place here for James Harden to stay with the Rockets. I also wanted to show what, um you know, his stats. James Harden has done so far, right? In the NBA, just from, like, some of his things here, this is from Hoops Hype, in points, he's number 25 all-time. He's ahead of Ray Allen and uh, right behind Patrick Ewing. Rebounds, number 215 all-time. Assists, number 20 all-time. He's up there. steals is number 47 all-time. So, I mean, Harden has accomplished a lot from a statistical standpoint. He's no, he's no you know you kind of forget almost just because he's always on different teams and he's chasing these championships and he's not, I don't know what it is in terms of, he is a household name. He is an elite player. He is, you know, one of the top names, something about James Harden. I don't know if he just doesn't interview as much. He doesn't hit the media as much. He's not on podcasts on YouTube on, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is on social media, something about him. I mean, he's always out. He's always out partying. He's always out in the streets. He's always, you know, getting, getting popped by paparazzi and pitchers and, you know, dealing with women that are in the media and headlines. And so it's not that. It's just something about him. He doesn't, I feel like his name doesn't ring bells as popular as some of the other top players in the league for some reason, right? Like the Steph Currys and LeBron James, you know, these kind of guys, I feel like he's up there skill wise and ability wise. James Harden should get more love. Than what he gets in my is what I'm trying to say. The attention should be there more. <laughs> and then staying along that same lines, he has a 651 to 3 349 record in his career. Obviously, his career record doesn't have everything to do with him, it's not just him, you know. OKC had a really good team while he was there. The Houston had some really good teams while he was there. I'm not saying it's all you know to credit to him, but just saying he's been a winner, his stats are you know elite level his abilities elite level. So the Sixers don't want to see him go, just like the Blazers don't want to see Dame go. It's understandable. But at the same time, there's no reason to rush out of any of these situations if the return doesn't make sense. Why would these teams want to not be able to compete at a, such a high level at a higher level as they've been used to as they're accustomed to, well not the Blazers in this situation. <laughs> they're used to Dame competing at a high, Dame competing at a high level, but not them necessarily. Uh, but I just think it was interesting, right? Like that that record, right? We can't give him all the credit for it, but that's even, that's a really high winning record, man. That's that's nothing, uh, you know, nothing to ignore. But again, I'm curious what you guys think. Is James Harding going to eventually force his way out of here? Does he have a team in mind? Or is the team, you know, doing the right thing by taking their time, being patient with it? I think they are. I think I'm glad to see all these teams Blazers, Sixers, and any other team that takes a stand against these trade demands, you know, to try to get the most out of it, to not rush into them. And I, you know, I respect it. I, I totally respect it. It's kind of like the running backs we spoke, you know, we spoke about earlier. I also respect them. I respect the team's position. I respect the players' position. In all these situations, I see both sides. I see both sides. But the market is the market. The value is the value that it currently stands at. There's nothing you can do about it except outperform it and push it. That's it. That's it. That's it for today, guys. I appreciate you for joining me as always. I do want to end on a rival fantasy note. Don't forget that you can visit rivalfantasy.com. They are what powers this show, rivalfantasy.com. Right now, obviously, you have challenges available for Major League Baseball when other sports are live and active like NBA, NFL. There will be challenges for them as well. Season long is getting ready to launch, but for now, you can get on there and you can mock draft. This way, you can get, and get prepared for your league's You'll be able to sign up your league on here, move your league over here, uh, season long is gonna be really fun on rival fantasy. You also have fantasy bingo, a very unique way to play fantasy sports. You put your roster in, you buy the card, and you try to get yourself a win here. You try to, you know, diagonal, vertically, four cor- four in a corner, or of course the whole card. Whether you win or lose will depend on how many of these achievements you hit from the roster you created. And then of course you got fantasy book here, which will be a way for you to pick from two players up to five players pick the over under on these guys. When you do that, you put the amount you want to bet from one to $10. Obviously your win payout goes up and down, depending on how many players you're using. And to remind you when there is other sports, NBA NFL, at the same time, you can actually mix and match players. It doesn't have to be just one sport. So again, way more fun, different ways to play. Um, You know, rival fantasy has it all. If you sign up today, using the link in the description. Use the link in the description because you're going to get a up to $200 match on your first deposit plus a $25 free voucher for you to play on there as well. So $225 in value right there just for signing up. You don't have to deposit $200 on your first deposit. Of course, you can go on there, 20 bucks. You put 20, they're matching 20. And then if you're using that code down there, you're also going to get the $25 voucher. Can't lose. You can't lose. If you have any questions about it you can also hit us up in the comments or they have a chat on the site or you can follow on social media ask any questions you may have guys i appreciate you for joining me as always if you've made it this far i appreciate you more than you know just make sure you have hit subscribe so you catch all future episodes like this episode share it help us push this out to the masses we appreciate you guys till next week love you and maybe watch one of these episodes or clips or whatever you feel like doing really appreciate you guys we're out you